welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. So let's pray as we come around this Word. Lord God, we thank you for your Word today. We thank you for impartation by Holy Spirit, for revelation knowledge by Holy Spirit to each heart, to my heart today in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're continuing to teach, uh, we started a new series, which is Love What God Loves, and that is the local church. Love what God loves, the local church, because Jesus gave his life for the church. And Matthew 16 and verse 18 says, and I say to you, you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Notice it's God is building his church, isn't that right? God is building his church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, shall not ever prevail against it. Amen? So God is the builder. Um, Psalm 127, verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor in vain that build it. So one of my prayers regularly is, God, build your house. I don't want to labor in vain. My life is short, and it's going quick. Only get one shot at this. Build your house. Man, he is the builder. He is the builder of his house. And so we looked at this in this passage here that I will build my church. That is the word ecclesia. It's a Greek word, ecclesia. And in the Greek, in New Testament times, it means called out once, called out, called out from the world. And um, But when you study the word out to the Greeks, they understood it to mean a duly convened assembly of citizens. A duly convened assembly of citizens. Um, another translation is it was a legislative assembly. That brings in the army and everything that Mom and Tash were talking about. So, you know, we are that family of God. We are the church, the ecclesia, but the ecclesia is also a legislative assembly. We're supposed to be writing laws in the land. We're supposed to be out there in front saying this can happen and this can't. So that's the other side of the church. Sometimes we get so far on the family side, we forget we are the army. We're a soldier in God's army. When you're over in that family side that we are the church that, that Christ died for and, and, and we're the family the Father always wanted and the good shepherd looks after his sheep but the other side of the ecclesia is we're soldiers, we're rulers, we're, we're to change laws in our lands. And on that other side, it's, it's, you don't come up against the, uh, the good shepherd of the sheep. On the other side of the ecclesia, you come up against the commander in chief that says, get your butt over there now. It's different, but it's all one, the ecclesia. It's awesome, the power that God has given to us, the church. Amen. I'm getting a wee bit. Anyway, so also um, the Hebrews or the Jews in that day, they understood that word whenever God said, you know, I will build my church. I will build my ecclesia. Any Jews hearing that, they understood the word to mean God's people called together by God in order to listen to or act for God. So God's people called together by God in order to listen to him or act for him. 
That's that legislative assembly. That's the soldier. Amen. But note in both the original words in Hebrew and Greek, all the emphasis was put in the action of God. All of it on God. Amen. So the ecclesia is a body of people that have been called together by God. William Barclay, uh, he wrote uh, New Testament um, Bible commentaries. He said it means a body of people who have been summoned out of their homes to come and meet with God. A body of people summoned out of their homes to come and meet with God. And Bartley goes on to say, in essence, therefore, the church, the ecclesia, is a body of people not so much assembling because they themselves have chosen to come together, but assembling because God has called them to himself. He's called us to himself. And that's what the people of that day understood. And that's what we need to understand today. Because nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. We've been called together by God to meet with him. You know, when you come out of your home, and I come out of my home, and we come together, and you bring your supply, and I bring my supply, the worship team brings their supply, something happens. Something happens. God wants to do things. God wants to say things. He wants to reveal himself. He wants to impart. He wants to provide in your life. He wants to, the Holy Spirit wants to bring change. Holy Spirit wants to bring comfort. It's not just wake up in the morning. Yeah, it's, it's not raining today. I'm going to go to church. No, it's we are called. We are the church. And whenever these doors are open, whenever we, you know, every, every local church will have different times of meeting. But whenever that is organized to be, you're, that's when you go. And when you're full of the Holy Spirit, when you're full up top to overflow, who's excited? You're excited to be at church. Who's excited when you come? Oh, it's church day. It's prayer meeting time. I'm going to be with the saints. Amen. But, you know, there's times when I've been tired. There's times when I, you know, things have been heavy and I haven't felt so full of the Holy Spirit. And I've gone out of duty still. Gone, but I haven't had that, what's going to happen? But when you're full of Holy Ghost, you're expecting, you're coming in, you're anticipating, the saints are gathering today, what's God going to do? So in a measure of one to ten, how excited are we right now as a church? Would you think? One? What's our anticipation like when we come together too? What's our expectation that God's going to move? He's going to do something new among us. Three? Four? We want to come excited. We want to come full of anticipation because we're meeting with him. I'm not looking at Jonathan. I'm not looking at um, Andrew. I'm not looking at Carla and, and, and just seeing them as natural beings. No, I'm looking at their brothers and sisters in Christ. They're saints. They're what God has paid for, and they've each got a supply to add to my supply. And what's going to happen today? It's exciting. Amen? So we're summoned by God to leave our ordinary activities, to come together in his presence, to worship him, and to hear his word. And just like in the Old Testament, God gave specific instructions 
to the children of Israel for their sacred assemblies and how and what they were to sacrifice, how the priests were to dress, all the protocol, every, everything, the, the way they were to do things for those sacred assemblies. Well, today, they were work, working in types and shadows because Christ hadn't come. They were looking forward to a day when Christ had come, but we are in the day when Christ has come. So how much more is our assembling together as the church sacred? Because we have Christ among us. How much more? You know, when God calls, we come. Turn to your neighbor and say that. When God calls, we come. Turn to your other neighbor and say, when God calls, we come. Amen. Last week we looked at Ephesians 4, 16 and talking about we're all parts and joints of the body. We're all needed. And Ephesians 4, 16 says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by which every joint supplies according to the effect of working by which every joint does its share. It causes the growth of the whole body for the edifying of itself in love. So we looked at the Christ as the head of the body and we are the body of all uh, different parts and God has set each part in the body as he pleases. We don't get to choose which part we are. We get to choose, am I going to play my part? Right? Turn to your neighbor. Say, are you playing your part? Turn to your other neighbor and say, are you just fooling about? So the church of God is supernatural. It's supernatural. We're spiritually joined to each other. Spiritually. And that's why, you know, the Bible admonishes us, don't look at one another. Don't look, know one another after the flesh. Don't know them that way. We're spiritually joined together. We need one another. Hebrews 10 and verse 25 and the New Living Translation says, Hebrews 10, 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. So there, um, the writer of Hebrews is saying some people are neglecting to meet together. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. That word neglect, it's natural thinking really that says, you know, the church will be fine without me. It's natural thinking to think that, you know, when, when the church meets, you don't have to be here. It's someone who fails to understand what is the church. It's someone who fails to understand they have a part to play. Or it's someone who understands the part they have to play and they're being rebellious. So it's one of two kinds. Someone who knows and are being rebellious. Or somebody who doesn't understand about the church. They haven't grasped that. And I pray today that God opens, opens your eyes, opens everybody's eyes, my heart to understand more of the local church, more of the supernatural church that we are, more that we have a supply to bring, each one of us, and that we get this. We get it. This isn't just a nice word. Like we said last week, we are it. We are the church. 
We are God's family. We are his ecclesia. We are the one who is to set laws, command things, bind whatever you bind in heaven will be bound on earth. Whatever you loose in heaven will be loosed on earth. That's us. So what a privilege it is to have a part in this wonderful body of Christ. What a privilege it is to have a part in the army of the Lord. What a privilege it is to have a part in the ecclesia. What a privilege it is to be a part in the building we're going to look at. You know, I was preparing this um, the other day and Crystal phoned and I could just tell she was phoning from work and I could tell she was a little bit a little bit up against it. She says, Mom, I just um I was just talking to my sister there. Um she's she's in her last placement there in the Ulster Hospital. And um she'd already agreed with her mentor um to be able to get Sundays off. And um a lot of people, a lot of nurses particularly like to work Sundays because you get extra pay for that, time and a half or double pay, something like that. But our kids have always asked for their Sundays off, and they've never worked a Sunday ever. We've said, you put the Lord first, you put his house first. But we've never really had to drum it into them in any way. Thank goodness the Lord has put that in their heart. But she says, you know, even though I'd agreed this with mentor, my sister, she got with me, and she says, Chris, Crystal, you've 12 more weeks here, and I see you're, you're off every Sunday. Why is that? She says, because... I ask for it to be off because I go for church. I go to church. Well, don't you realize that, you know, how are you going to be in a profession that you ask for every Sunday off? And it's a 24-7 profession and things like that. But Kristen says, well, I believe in my God that I will get every Sunday off. And I'm not going to take a job that won't give me every Sunday off. And, and, and the sister came back to her again with something else. And then she says, you know, sister... They're fighting over working on Sundays because they get extra pay. It's not, it's not hard to get a Sunday off. And, but she had to hold. She says that was tough. She had to hold her ground, hold her ground, hold her ground. Anyway, at the end of that, what we ascertained, I says, Crystal, that was just a demonic thing. You butted up kingdom of light against kingdom of darkness right there. And it was a mocking spirit. And she, whenever I said that, she said that. Yeah, she was laughing and all. She was laughing. You know, that's what you're going to get when you stand up as a legislative assembly, the ecclesia. Amen? Part of. And I was so proud of her. And I remember then, I just felt the Holy Spirit just wanted me to speak about that. Because when he calls, we come. Amen? We come. And Kevin, I remember, he was going for a job, I think it was about two years ago, and they says, now, for this job, you have to work Sundays, and, and Kevin says, I'm sorry, you have to stop right there. I can't work Sundays. Well, why not? Because I go to church on a Sunday. I don't work Sundays. Well, you know, Kevin, that's going to really put prejudice against you for getting this job. He says, I understand that. But he stood his ground, and you know what? He got his job. He got that job. Now, I'm not saying when you stand your ground, you're always going to get that job or whatever but I believe this God if it's not that job God's going to give you a better one because anybody that does things God's way that we heard last week he you you honor God 
whether it's with the tithe, as uh, Stefan was talking, whatever that is, when you honor God, he will back up this word. He'll back it up. He'll back it up. So, you know, trust God. Trust God that um, you don't have to work Sundays to get extra pay. Trust him to have somebody else or other people to be raised up in that position that they'll want to do it, that you can get off and you can be here because we need you. We need you. We need you here on a Sunday, every Sunday, because God wants to do things. God wants to show up. Hi. Hi, does God want to show up? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm expectant. I'm excited. So I want to be here. I want to be here. I don't want to miss. I want to bring my supply. So ask God, you know, give me a revelation that I am needed. Just, just, just repeat that prayer after me. Lord, give me a revelation that I am needed in Bangor Community Church, this ecclesia. Amen. The Passion Translation of this same passage says, This is not a time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit. It's a bad habit to form, isn't it? This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed that habit. So there you are. There's a habit that can be formed of staying away. And you know what habit that the, the Satan would love you to form? Stay away. Oh, he'll be very happy for that habit. But here we're admonished not to do that. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. So we're in Christendom. When I grew up, all of us remember, all of us Navi kids, we went to church in the morning. We all had our part to play. You had dad, I mean, mom and dad, always every Sunday, they blasted the music so loud. You know, uh, praise music. So we didn't have a choice. You were woken anyway, the praise music. And then, you know, it's time to go, five minutes, ten minutes. And then you get in the car, and we're all in the car, and we had like a, a Peugeot 507, is it 507? Something like that. You know, anyway, we're all fitted in this car, and we're going to church. And then you have Dad leading us into, um, oh, happy day, or it's a good day to go to church, or, you know, this is the day that the Lord hath made, and we're singing on the way to church. And then we have church, and then we have we go home. And then mom would be busy cooking. But for all the family, often that dinner wouldn't be ready for us kids. And so we didn't have a Sunday school operating in that time. So we were sent down Bangor Elam. And often all the little kids, we were <laughs> off, out, we're starving, we're smelling the chicken and all. Off we went to Sunday school from three to four. And many times we came back, we had, you know, about half four. Got that dinner down and was it half five again? Quarter to six? Off we went back to church. Sunday night service back at church. Prayer meetings through the week. Early morning prayer meetings. All different things that they had. And yet here we're admonished. 
all the more, more meetings, the more. But it's Christendom, not just here, have gone the other way. Oh, it's good if we have a Sunday morning service. And now most churches don't even have a Sunday morning service. They have it on Zoom. And Zoom will never take the place of the ecclesia being called out of their home to come together as much as Zoom is a great tool. You understand? And now it's, you know, prayer. Yes, we're encouraged to come to prayer, but take it or leave it. I'm too busy. I'm working too many hours. Well, why are you working too many hours? And Sorry, I've gone way off my notes here. Why are you working too many hours? When God said he'll supply all of your need. Things in order. In order first. First, him. His house. Your family, ministry. And the very last is employment. The very last. Okay, Psalm 122 says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. That's a great scripture to post up on your fridge or have it somewhere. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Okay, very quickly, First Peter and chapter 2. And we're going to read about the building that we are. First Peter and chapter 2. God talks about us being lively stones. First Peter chapter 2 and we'll start in verse 3 it says coming to him as to a living stone so coming to him Jesus as a living stone rejected indeed by men but chosen by God and precious you also Peter says are living stones and are being built together a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we're being shaped. We're those lively stones that are being shaped by Christ to fit into this building that he is building. And that's another picture of the church. It's spiritual. It's supernatural. The church of Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 16 says, Do you not discern... And understand that you, this is the Amplified Classic Edition, that you, that is the whole church at Corinth, or we could say that you, the whole church at BCC, are God's temple, his sanctuary, and that God's spirit has his permanent dwelling in you, to be at home in you collectively as a church and also individually. So read that one more time. Do you not discern and understand that you, as a whole church at BCC, are God's temple, his sanctuary, and that God's spirit has his permanent dwelling in you to be at home in you collectively as a church and also individually. So you and I are God's dwelling place. And uh, next week, David, he's going to continue the series and he's going to be talking about how we form that dwelling place of God, the royal priesthood. It's going to be great. But right now, I just want us to show, Ryan's going to show a YouTube video just supporting this about lively stones. Now, it starts here with showing the ruins of a temple built for the goddess Athena. These were taught in the Greek times for the goddess Athena. So go ahead, Ryan. Thanks. 
thing when the door was swung open, that gigantic door. Even in the distance, you could see this goddess in all her glory in the early morning sunlight. I don't know if you can even comprehend what this thing looked like originally. You could have seen it miles out to sea. Huge, world famous, the Temple of Athena in Priena. Around the outside were buildings, like a colonnaded area on this side and back and on this side. In those colonnades were all the things temples provided food from the sacrifices, probably without charge, clothes possibly for people who were poor. I've even heard of daycare that temples provided, medical care, in some cases free medical care was provided by those temples for the community. So people loved their goddess, they believed in what she provided, and they created for her this unbelievable monument of her greatness. When this temple was built, many of the stones were cut for the exact place where they ended up. If you wander around here, you can find stones with numbers etched on them because that stone was cut in the quarry for that place. So for example, it's possible that the stone right here, the second drum on this column, was carved in the quarry for exactly that place. And that one for there, and that one for there, and the frieze in front for there, so that each stone had its place. Now imagine such a glorious monument to the greatness of Athena. Why would these people in Priene build such a huge temple to their goddess? And the answer was, this temple was a way to declare to the world how great she was. How would you know how great Athena was? Well, Athena provides water. Athena provides food. Athena provides medical care. Athena provides clothes. Look at the building she lives in. So the whole world knew how great the Athena of the Priennes was. Now imagine that we're members of a house church here in Priene. One of our children goes with a friend and comes up to this beautiful temple. And the friend takes the free food and watches a play put on free by the temple with actors in the theater. And the child comes back that evening and says to us as we sit around our simple meal in our house church, I saw my friend's temple where Athena lives. I saw them swing open the door and I saw her in all her glory. Where's ours? My friend wants to know, where's the temple to our God? Where can we go to see how great he is? What would you answer? Where did the presence of God live in Priene? I know they were asked that question because Paul once said, the God who created the world and everything in it, the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made with hands. I hear someone asking him, where's your temple? Let me show you the picture that God painted. Recite this verse with me. Listen, you who pursue righteousness. Listen, you who pursue righteousness. And seek after God. 
Remember the rock from which you were cut and the quarry from which you were hewn. Remember Abraham, your father, and Sarah who gave birth to you. Isaiah. And then this one from 1 Peter. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God. You also, as living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. And Corinthians, don't you know that you yourselves are the temple of the Holy Spirit and God's Spirit lives in you? If anyone harms God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. You know where God lived in Priene? In that community that met in a small house church, much like the house synagogue we saw before. They became the temple of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God moved into Priene not in a great, big, glorious, monstrous building, but into a small community of people who believed that the power, the love, the person of God lived within them and among them. What does that mean? Well, each one of you and me is a stone. We've been quarried out of God's great quarry, the quarry out of which Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Rebecca and David and Ruth and Peter and John came from. And God's been working on us with his great hammer, the hammer of his word, to shape us into the kind of stone he wants us to be. Every chip that comes off, painful though it is, is God's way of saying, I want you to fit into my house. And I would suggest, since the temple in Jerusalem apparently also had stones cut each for their place, that God is saying, every one of you, you in Priene 2,000 years ago almost, and you in the 21st century, every one of you is a stone. And I have a place designed for you. You belong here. You belong here. So when Peter writes, each of you are living stones that God has shaped to put in a particular place. Think of what that means. It means each one of us was pulled out of a quarry somewhere. And God, with the great hammer of his word, Jeremiah says, my word is a hammer that breaks the stones. God chips away. You know all those tough things that happen to you? I don't know why they always happen, but I can tell you one thing. They can become chips that shape you. And then God says, I've got a place for you. I've got a place for you. You become a foundation stone over here that no one sees. And you become one of these beautiful stones on the side of a column. Like this one right here. Everybody's going to see it right in the public eye. But it doesn't matter because every stone has the same stone cutter, the same care, the same desire of God that you are shaped exactly to fit the place that he has designed for you. And God said, no, I don't want to live in temples made with hands. I want to live in a new temple 
and he'd rather live in you than the most beautiful building in the world. Because you, in flesh, become the very word of God. We become the place in which God lives by the power of his spirit. But you know what else? That spirit lives in every stone. Would you agree? But what if you took that stone out of the temple and took it away? Would that stone still have the spirit? I'm not sure exactly how to answer that, but what I'd like to suggest is that God's spirit lives in the temple that's created by all the stones. The Bible says, you, plural, are the temple, singular. It doesn't say, you, plural, are the temples. Not that each one of you is a temple. In a sense, you are, but that's not Paul's point. Paul is saying, all together, you become the temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives in all of y'all. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You as a community. And as our world, Triene, 1900 years ago, 20th, 21st century Western world, comes into contact with us, they come into contact with the presence of the living God in his temple. You see, being a disciple is about belonging to a community that becomes the place in which God lives by his spirit. That community is not only to encourage me, that community is not only to keep me faithful to this text, that community is the place where discipleship is lived to say to the world, the presence of God is among you. Now, that's why Jesus taught that only if we love one another and love our neighbor will that community communicate the love of God. The proof that God is in his people is that they love one another and their neighbor. And so what happens in the community when people don't get along? The presence of God is hidden. The power of the message is lost. Look around you. The greatness of Athena is now scattered around a field, a dim memory. But what if the community God came to build, the temple here in Priene, not this, but that little community down in the house church? What if to God we look like this? Divided, arguing, not getting along, not living together as brother and sister, in spite of our disagreements. What does that say about who God is?
You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God wants the world to know who he is by the way his disciples live in community. And that changed the whole world. Not just powerful teaching, not just the words of the text, as important as they were, but a community who lived the presence of God. May God's Spirit live in your world because it's in you. Isn't that amazing? In a Greek world that was all about me, what had the greatest impact was not wisdom, but it was a simple group of people who cared about others. good to um, put into perspective us we're lively stones well let's pray church Amen. Hallelujah. oh we thank you holy spirit we thank you for impartation of your word to each heart this morning we thank you for giving us a fresh love for this house lord that revelation of the part we are to play the revelation of the stone the living stones, Father God, each one of us fit together as you have put us in place to fit together. Lord God, I thank you for unity in this house. I thank you that we do not look at one another after the flesh. But Lord, help us to see with eyes of the Spirit, Lord God, one another, that we would know one another after the Spirit, that we would value one another that we would value the supply each of us is to bring. A God that fill us with excitement and anticipation that every time we gather together, whether it's a Sunday or a prayer meeting or some other time that when we, the ecclesia, the church, come together, that there you are in the midst and that you want to do something beautiful and something wonderful each time in our hearts and in our lives. And that you want to add into the church new believers. You want this family to grow. You want this church to grow. And so we thank you, Lord God. We give you praise and thanks that you're increasing us. I thank you, God, that we're moving from glory to glory, from faith to faith. That we're on a journey with you, Lord God, and we're excited. Father, as we look forward to Tuesday night prayer and all that you have for us and that what we're to pray for as we come together, we form that temple, as we worship you, I thank you that the ecclesia can exercise dominion, dominion and rule that we're supposed to Tuesday night together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps in blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.